Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings, from premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts. Start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. Hey guys, it's Mom Taraj, the podcast about being a mom that thinks that most mom stuff is super boring. So we created our own posse. I'm Ashley. And I'm Carrie. And we are ready to walk you down the red carpet of motherhood. Hey, happy Wednesday. Happy Wednesday. Hey guys, I lost my voice and I'm in recovery mode. So sorry about the sound you're hearing. Or maybe you're into it. Maybe people don't like your voice and they like this one better. Maybe. I kind of like this voice <laughs> in all honesty. I think it's it's pretty cool. You know what it says to me? It says that you've got Betty Davis eyes. You're <laughs> I mean, I kind of do a little bit, right? God, guys, what an intro. Hey, we're doing a show. We've got a great show for you today. We're chatting about a listener email. That's right. Somebody actually wants our take on something. What? I know. Crazy. We're just going to give you all our opinions and some other thoughts while we're at it. Why not? <laughs> and as always, we have hashtag swag bag. But up next, take it away, child. Taking shit. All right. You wrote yours down. So do you want to start? Sure. I don't know if I ever talked about it on the show, but like two weeks ago, I was a producer on a short film and it started out as like kind of like doing a favor for a friend of mine, like somebody that I've worked with before. I'm very close with him. And I kind of wasn't like necessarily looking forward to it. And I ended up so enjoying working on this project for so many reasons. It's like, you know this, Carrie, better than most people I feel who are listening. But like, there's so many times you work on a set, there's always a dick. It's like any workplace setting, right? Like there's always somebody who's an asshole that you're just like, oh God, this person's the worst to deal with. Like why? Just stop. Yeah. Like get a grip. There was not one person. It was the nicest group of people I have ever had the pleasure of working with. It truly, truly, truly was. I mean, it was a lot of work. It was four days of 6 a.m. calls, just being absolutely exhausted. And like when that happens, when you have a schedule like that and you're on your feet and running around and thinking about that quick problem solving thing you do in those situations. It's so mentally draining that I was like wiped out, which brings me to my shits, which is for the last two weeks, I have been so sick, so sick. Like at first it started out with just being like overly exhausted and it turned into being full blown sick. I lost my voice. This is the first time I've been on a set for multiple days as a producer since I had Sebastian. All I could think was like, why could I handle this before and I can't handle it now? Is it that I'm just tired because I have more? Like, what is it? And it finally hit me that even while I was producing it, I was ordering groceries to be delivered for Matt and Sebastian so that they had food. There was always an extra step worrying about something the going on The intricacies of home. daily life, yeah. which are more complicated when you have more people to take care of. We talk about her all the time, but it really made me think of Fair Play and Eve Rodsky. How the mental load is so much. Mm-hmm. I have a husband who's pretty helpful. Like, truly, I really do. He, like, really is a helpful guy. He has his chores. I have my chores. He'll help me with my stuff. He's not a guy who's like, no, that's your role and that's your job to do. And it's still just so, so 
much. And then my last thing is this weekend, today, it actually happens, the full moon lunar eclipse. Girl, I have been feeling this. Yeah. My daughter, Luna, has also been feeling the lunar eclipse. She's been wiped, trying to take naps, freaking out about stupid stuff. Like, just, ugh. It's been nonstop, and I know you relate to it, too. Oh, and there's, like, Mercury's in retrograde, too. It's like a Scorpio full moon. Usually when these things happen, I'll be like, oh, it's a full moon. Oh, Mercury's in retrograde. This has been days of just nonsense bullshit. It has been so excruciating to get through. And I feel like you feel the same way. But anyway, those are my tits and shit. My tits are that my garden is growing. My little bean sprouts. I have tiny (laughs) little baby broccoli heads. Everything. I mean, this is just amazing. I thought I was going to be bad at it, but I'm pretty good at it. So, I mean, so far, I'm very excited. So that's my tits. My shits are, and this is not funny at all. No, but we always laugh because it's how we get through. Two days ago, I got into a fender bender that damaged my car and another person's car pretty badly. That was Friday, right? Friday, I think. Oh it's all Friday like a was blur. such a shit show. We had like some weird news that stressed both me and Ashley out. Yep. Luna's still kind of sick. I was starting to feel like very tired. And then we found out that Mrs. Dr. Harold Mars, who is uh, known on Your the mom. show, Both shows, my mother-in-law passed, sort of suddenly, but also sort of not suddenly. It wasn't the most unexpected thing, but it wasn't expected this soon. You know, there's these things that happen in relationships that like level up their relationship pretty quickly, right? Birth of a child, death of a parent. So we were about ready to go out to an outdoor play date with one of Luna's classmates, and we were going to meet the parents too, and just like try to do an outdoor like park kind of play date. And I'm like, okay, I just have to take a quick poop downstairs. And he's like, okay, I'm going to go upstairs and change my pants or, you know, something like that. He goes, you you just go. You go you go with Luna. I'll meet you guys there. And I'm like, no, it's fine. We can wait. And he goes, I think something happened with my dad. And we go, oh, okay, well, okay. And then he goes upstairs and then he comes back stairs and he goes, actually, my mom died. And I Jesus. go, what? I'm like on the toilet. I thought it was a joke. I was like, are you serious? He was so matter of fact about it. Yeah. And also it was like a really quick turnaround. Like I think he like saw something happen to his dad because, you know, he has those cameras and like alerts and stuff. Oh. Oh, 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 oh. And then, like, really quickly turned around, and he hadn't even really processed that she had passed. But it was just so weird. It was almost like I was being punked. Like, he's like, I'm not going with you. Just kidding. My mom died. And I was like, what? What? You know? Yeah. And I was like, oh, okay. I said, "Uh, let me just wipe. And then I'll, I'll come to you. Because I was also, like, taking a shit. It was the weirdest, <laughs> most satirical, like, situation. No, it was funny. And then, like, did the wipe while he was, like, looking at me. And Luna's like, who died? I'm like, oh, God, there's so much to process. <laughs> taking in information when you're pooping is difficult anyway. And then I got up and I just started crying. And I just, it's, you know, getting old. She was just shy of her 80th birthday. and Oh, wow. She was kind of young. Yeah. And she had been, you know, sickly off and on for various things. But she. She just was always a fighter and she had nine lives, you know, so we just kind of assumed that she was just going to keep bouncing back from things. And it was kind of a surprise. It wasn't like she fell ill. I'm sorry. So that's my shits. This goes yeah. out to you, Mrs. Dr. Harold Mars. I wish I had known you longer, truly. Well, I'm sorry to you guys. And explaining death to your kid. And although it's Luna turned right around and said, I want a cat and I know you're allergic to cats. So when you die, can I get a cat? And I was like, why don't you just wait till like you move out? And she goes, no, you die, I get a cat. And then I go, are you sure you want me to die? And she goes, mm, I don't know. I still don't know how to get to stores. <laughs> I was like, cool, kid. 
excited. Cool. She's a girl with goals. Brutal. Well, that was a real upper. <laughs> my voice, your death. Well, for Luna, it was going to be my death so that she could get a cat. She's just counting down the days, apparently. All right, should we do segment one? Yes, let's do it. Okay, so we have a listener email, and then we're going to pair it with, you know, a article from the New York Times, because that's, we just love the New York <laughs> Times. Okay, so here is the email. Hello, ladies. Love the podcast. Been a longtime listener since the scary mommy days. Yeah. That's part of my weekly commute, and definitely helped my anxious ass feel less alone during the pandemic. I know you don't often answer questions on the podcast, but I figured I would write in, because part of the reason why I listen to you guys is that you're not afraid to be opinionated and tackle topics that other mom podcasts won't. Thank you. As the 30 five-year-old mom of an almost three-year-old daughter, I'm struggling a bit on the hot social topic of body positivity and personally am just wondering if I'm the only one. I had no choice but to have a cesarean with my daughter because she was breached the whole pregnancy. I absolutely feel like it ruined my body. I hate my scar. I'm still carrying around extra 30 pounds, the whole thing. And I have this good friend who is very into the body positive movement and constantly calls me out for being negative about my body, bordering on toxic positivity. I just feel like I refuse to accept that this is how my body is going to be forever. My frame is not meant to hold this extra weight. I am tired and sore all the time. I want to and need to lose the weight. Not to look better, but to feel better. But according to her, that's not how I should feel. Background info. She's one of my oldest friends. She's in her mid-30s, single and childless. And she has easily gained 100 pounds in the past several years, not just pandemic time frame. And she is always going off about body positivity during our girls' get-togethers with her group of friends. The anti-diet culture. That we should just eat what makes you feel good. That there's nothing wrong with being fat. While I agree with some parts of the body positive movement, I don't think it's saying that you can eat and drink what you want when you want and still remain in good health. She says she's happy but clearly isn't. She refuses to go to therapy, doesn't think it helps anyone, gets very defensive every time we or her family try to talk to her about her life. Is she in denial? Is she projecting onto me? How do I respectfully deal with these comments all the time? Asking this advice is in no way judgmental. It's just her weight gain as she is an amazing person at whatever size. But her overall health is the concern. She's sweaty and out of breath just walking and her doctors are telling her to lose weight, but she chalks it up to fat phobia in the healthcare system. What if anything can I do? I just find myself nodding when she talks about her life choices or when she calls me out for things I say about my own body. I feel like if I just say something to go against her, she'll see that it is a judgment. And if I say something supportive, it's just enabling her self-sabotaging behavior. I'm just finding myself not responding or pivoting the conversation. It's just hard to witness a good friend struggling, but when they refuse all the help, they're emboldened by the body positive movement. What are we supposed to do? Any advice or discussion on the podcast would be appreciated. Wow, that's a lot to unpack that one. Yeah. First of all, it sort of sounds like I wrote it. Yeah. And I just did a plan aside from the age range because... I am feeling you, reader. Yep. This is something that Ashley and I struggle with all the time about whether we should talk about it on the show or not, or how deep we should go into it. I was going to say, we don't only struggle with these issues about ourselves, we also struggle with not feeling like we can talk about it on the show, which, you know, is very difficult for us. We're very open and very honest, but we in no way want to make anybody else feel bad or feel like we're judging them. So this is very, very relatable. And we will speak from our own experience on, it's really a twofold question, yeah. I think, or maybe even threefold, but we'll speak our opinions on it, which by no means, we are not experts in anything, truly, except running our mouths. But we will give you our opinions openly and honestly. We trust you guys, the listeners, in that you'll know what our intention is and you'll know that we're not trying to shame anybody. We're just having an open conversation about how we feel about ourselves. So similar to our reading, 
later, I had no choice but to have a C-section. I had extremely traumatic birth. I had it when I was 40. And I have had an extra 20 plus pounds that won't come off. I don't have a bad scar, but I hate what it's done to my body. I was also a fitness professional for a lot of years. So I had a really... It's really jarring for you. Correct. I was a dancer. like, And how my body feels and moves and looks has been a real huge part of my life. And it's taken a major hit on my mental and physical. It's hard for me to do physical activity that I really enjoyed because it's heavier on my joints. I don't have the abdominal stuff, all that other kind of stuff. And I always have been an extremely body positive person. And you know this because I, I mean, you guys, the listeners, I have a very good sense of self. Sometimes too much so. I mean, we were just on the booty parlor website for me saying, I want to look in the mirror and want to fuck myself. And that is true. I used to look in the mirror and be like, damn, I'm fucking sexy. It's making me horny. Look how good I look. I have never felt like that for the record. It's just not a thing I feel the need to feel. That's not a judgment. We're just two different people. And my health is bad. I'm getting blood tests. I'm like pre-diabetic. I'm all this stuff. I'm five foot. I should not have this extra weight. So I feel you. Being in the fitness career and now in the mom sphere, I'm very aware that I have to watch my mouth. Mm -hmm. And I have a daughter and I have to watch my mouth. So me saying I'm fat is not going to be good in front of my daughter. I don't want my daughter to have an obsession with her weight and body in an unhealthy way. I step on the scale and say, oh, I've gotten so much stronger. Right. (laughs) Which is challenging for yourself to also do. It's challenging to feel like there is no safe place. Not that self-doubt is something we should be encouraging in ourselves, but it is challenging to have to hide your true feelings about yourself from everybody because of what it may do to other people. Right. You know, I have two mothers that are overweight and one of them dieted a lot in my childhood and the other one did not. She calls herself Big Mama and kind of has embraced it. And I have a sister that had an eating disorder for a long time. Oh, I didn't know that. And so I'm very aware of all these things and that's why on the show, Ashley and I have conversations like maybe we should stop talking about how we're trying to lose weight all the time or maybe we have to be careful about taking on a sponsor that is a dieting sponsor or something like that. Yeah. We are aware. Because believe it or not, we do think think about all the different sponsors we work with and whether that stays true to our brand. We've lost a very, very, very large sponsorship because their beliefs didn't necessarily align with ours. And when we tried to find a happy middle, we were let go. And that's okay. Right. That is the truth about Carrie and I. Yep. So to feel like we have to censor ourselves because we don't want to offend anyone listening because we're all in this together, right? We all have our own body issues views, whatever. We definitely try and censor ourselves on the show because we don't want to perpetuate what we saw growing up. Because I, like you, my mother was always dieting. My mother was always very thin. She was always dieting. And I always saw her look at herself in the mirror and say, I've gained a lot of weight or this, that, and the other. This day and age does not lend itself to the toxic mind frame about weight loss that we all grew up seeing. So just trying to fight that in internally is quite a battle. But the reality is, I don't like the way I look. I'm having a really hard time
time with it. It's really affecting every aspect of my life, similar to this writer. Before we move on to the next part, can I say where I am on that Yes, of course. Look, mine is a lot more vain. I'm not going to sit here and tell you I was a fitness professional because I wasn't. Carrie actually was. I've never been a very physical person except when I was a dancer for many years, but I've never been somebody who works out religiously. For me, after I stopped breastfeeding, I gained 15, 20 pounds, and then the pandemic brought some more on. I wish all the beautiful clothes I've invested in over time still fit me. You know, in general, I wish clothes fit me the way it used to. Mm -hmm. Honestly, I find myself covering up when I'm naked around my husband sometimes. Same thing. He doesn't say anything but how great I look and how beautiful I am and how sexy I am and all these other things, but I don't really feel so great about myself. And yeah, I sit there and I talk to myself and I'm like, I'm a catch. Wow, he's so lucky. But like, I'm giving myself a prep talk because I don't really fully feel it. Are you kidding? Lee and I turned off all the lights and I wanted to keep my shirt on. No one wants to have lights on. Yeah, and when there are times where it happens where my shirt is still on, I'm like, that's cool. I'm okay with that. Like, Lee's like, are you going to take your shirt off? I was like, do I have to? I am a little kid at the pool right now. I am not taking my shirt off. You know, I get it. I've also been trying myself really hard to be okay with things because at the end of the day, like life is hard. We're trying to get through and it feels like the world is on fire. So do I just sit here and eat and drink like with wild abandon like I have been because it's the little bit of joy I have at this point. And every time I think about like, you know, really doing something, I'm very much an extremist. Me too, girl. That's why we get along. It's like I either fully commit or I don't fully commit. So like when I start working out, I start working out. And then every day I look in the mirror and I'm like, okay, I'm starting to see this improvement. I'm starting to see that improvement. And that motivates me to keep going. You know, I was doing really well for like two weeks. And last week I had that long shoot. I wasn't able to work out. And now I've just been sick and I'm like, well, fuck it. You know? Yeah. I get it. You now know how we personally feel about ourselves. And that being said, if I saw somebody my weight, when I look at Carrie at the weight that she is now, and also I didn't know you pre-baby, I don't sit there and go, oh, God, they're fat. Oh, that looks terrible. I don't. I truly don't. Like, I look at you and I'm like, oh, she looks good. I look at anybody else that I know as they are and I'm like, oh, she looks good. So it's definitely a self-image, self-perception thing. And I will tell you, as the mother of a boy, my son, my soon-to-be five-year-old son, I have heard him say, firstly, he is obsessed with fat people. He's obsessed with pointing out that somebody is fat. I don't really know what to do with that because I just don't think that's a nice thing we need to say to people. Right. And he will look at himself in the mirror and say, I look chubby. And I'm like, oh my God, I don't even think I was like saying this that often out loud. And it's really made me evaluate things, which I think is kind of a perfect segue into the body positivity movement and whether it's toxic or not. Yes. I also just want to add, not that like we need to talk about this anymore, but I have tried really hard. I've said it on the show saying, I'm just going to be happy with the weight that I am. The reality is as soon as that happens and I get my blood work back and it's like, no, you're not healthy. Yeah. You can't be happy with it. It's kind of a sham for me to be like forcing it. No, you have to look at reality and the fact that the way I'm living is not helping me right Right, now. Right. Okay. So body positivity movement. Yeah. I mean, I think this is something you're definitely going to have a lot to say about as somebody in the fitness world. You know, for me, my biggest issue is not like if you're healthy, you're healthy. If you feel good at your weight. If you're big and you're healthy, great. And you feel good about it. Yes. Now that's the tricky thing because society is going to make you maybe not feel good about your weight. The thing with Lizzo that is like kind of amazing. She's vegetarian or vegan. Vegan. She works out all the time. If anyone has ever seen her perform, which I have, she's running all over that damn stage. 
And that Lizzo TV show, Watch Out for the Big Girl. Oh, I haven't seen it. It's all about finding backup dancers and Mm. they're all larger women. Now, you can't dance like that and sing at the same time. No. And she plays the flute too, which is breath control while she's dancing and shit. Yeah. I recently saw a TikTok where Miley Cyrus was singing and running like really hard and Lizzo was like, I wanted to see if I could do it. So she got on the treadmill and she was running pretty fast and singing full voice, no issue. That is hard to do. You have to be in good shape to do that. I can't do it. I'm not her doctor, so I don't know. I believe that Lizzo is in good shape and I'm happy that she loves her body and I think she looks beautiful because she thinks she looks beautiful because there's nothing like a woman that is confident, truly. That is the sexiest, most beautiful thing that you can have. She makes me feel good about myself that could be taken a certain way like, oh, she's big so it makes me feel good about my weight. No, that's not what I mean. The way that she loves and cherishes her body and feels like she is unstoppable. When I see her videos, when I see her dancing in a bikini, you know, things jiggle and I see that she's not insecure about it. She's not self-conscious because I would be. At the weight I'm in right now, if I was doing that, I would be like, oh no, that looks horrible. Mm -hmm. But seeing her do it and seeing how self-assured and confident she is when she does it, I'm like, hey, we should all love our bodies at whatever place that they're in. There's also a cultural thing. Totally. But I am Hispanic. You know, I did grow up around, you should have a big booty. Like, I didn't grow up around stick thin people other than my mother. I was listening to something I can't remember now. I'm sorry, I can't remember. But they were talking about how for all the maybe negative things that the Kardashians have done, they have weirdly helped us embrace totally larger curves. Even so much so theirs are fake. (laughs) Right. Of course, it's curves in specific areas and not always the areas where we have the curves, but... Right, they also have the smallest waist ever because of, you know... They also have like removed ribs and are not clear about their photoshopping and various stuff. So like if we could all just be honest about the way we look and say, hey, I got fillers because I didn't feel good or I'm this weight, but whatever, that would be a much more healthy image because at least you could see what it looks like and be like, okay, they did all of these things to get that way. Fine, no judgment, but now I have a realistic idea of like what it takes to look a certain way and whether or not I want to do that. I think the thing here, and this is what really the reader is speaking to, I don't know why I keep calling her the reader because she's a listener, Yeah, is that her friend is not in good health. Right. Her friend is in a state of denial because doesn't want to go to therapy, doesn't think it works, doesn't really want to take the hard look. And she is kind of, in my opinion, again, it's my opinion, preaching toxic positivity. And she's doing it to make herself feel better, in my opinion, so that she doesn't feel alone. And there is probably an aspect of her that feels better that you personally are a little bit heavier because it makes her feel not alone. Yes. And it makes her feel if she has more people on her team of body positivity, then it's going to be easier to believe yeah. in body positivity. Yes. And that is not malicious. That is human nature. True. And she might not even be doing consciously. She might be doing it subconsciously. I'm sure it's more subconscious than it is conscious in all honesty. Correct. I also am a little more naive, as I stated at the beginning of the show, where I feel like for the most part, people aren't aware of things. Listen, your body is a temple and the thing about Lizzo is I think Lizzo treats her body like it's a temple. Yeah. Truly. Including all the things she's putting in. She works out regularly and she respects her body and loves her body like it's a temple. And that's the thing that toxic positivity I think has taken away. It's like you want to love your body but how is the correct way to love your body? And in my opinion, the correct way to love your body, and again, there is no probably correct way, any one way for people to love their bodies. It's a personal thing. It's living a long time in a healthy 
healthy vehicle. You know, one of the things I like to think of is this is my vehicle. This is what helped me as an actor is like when I was an actor, I thought of this is my commodity that I'm selling. So if they are criticizing the commodity, it's not me, it's the commodity, but also like you should clean your car before you sell it. You know what I mean? Like to get a better price. Right. I treated my body like, well, I better do some things so that I am having a good commodity, right? The same thing goes now that I'm not an actor though. Like as my body is a temple. Well, I have been treating it, as I said in an earlier episode, like a temple of doom because I've been depressed. And so it's now showing up in my blood work because I'm not getting any younger. And so the things that I do to my body now directly reflect my blood work, which they did not do when I was younger. And this is where body positivity becomes toxic. It is one thing to sit there and love your body no matter what it looks like and have a healthy self-image. It's a whole other thing when you are ignoring that your body needs other things, that your body is not functioning at its best and is not healthy. And that could be very thin. I mean, people who have eating disorders. Oh God, the Portia de Rossi book. And are very, very, very thin. It goes both ways. Absolutely. Especially as a yoga person, I saw it the other way more. People who were depriving their bodies and that was unhealthy. Absolutely. And I think that's something we're quick to kind of forget, but that's where body positivity becomes toxic. It's where your need to accept your body as it is means that you're continuing to harm it. I also think more people in this case who had an extra skinny friend, I think that they would not be as afraid to say something. I agree 100% because when I was at my thinnest, and I'm sure you can attest to this too, I remember in college one year I went home for the summer and I came back very thin and it was natural. I had been working out. It really was a natural weight loss. I was, you know, eating very well. And this girl, she was like, oh, everyone's talking about how you have an eating disorder. And I was like, but I don't. And it's not like it was a drastic weight loss. It was maybe like 10, 15 pounds, but because I was so thin, it was noticeable. I've always had comments like that. You know, again, I'm Hispanic. So whatever you are, there's always nicknames. You know, I have a friend who calls me Flaca, which is skinny because I was so skinny. Mm -hmm. And when you have a chubby friend, you call him Gordy. My mom calls Clementine Gordy, which is, you know, fatty because she is. Like, (laughs) that's just the nature of the culture. Right. I think in this particular instance with your friend, this is my personal advice in what to do with your friend. And this is the struggle for me. And I think this is where Carrie and I probably are going to disagree. Mm -hmm. For me, is the friend worth the argument? Is she so good of a friend where it is worth you sitting her down and saying, we need to talk. I don't care what you're doing with your body, but at the very least, you need to go to therapy. Mm -hmm. And you need to assess what's really happening here. You're so busy passing judgment on me and the way I feel about my body that you're completely neglecting yourself. And it's not your weight. It's how you are caring for your body. Mm -hmm. If she is just a friend you have lunch with occasionally, if she's some, you know, secondary tertiary character in your group of friends, is it worth it? This does not sound like a tertiary friend from what she's said. I don't know. I kind of get the opinion that she's like part of the group and like maybe isn't like the closest person. So that's why I'm saying if it were your Carrie, then yes, it's worth having that conversation. It's worth being very honest. But I also am tired personally as a human being of having conversations with people who don't care to have. 
have them. Mm-hmm. I don't want to do it anymore because more than anything, my mental health is my number one priority. Right. So I think really what it comes down to for you is because if it's somebody you really love and you're willing to get into the deep digging and the argument and, you know, the potential that she doesn't understand what you're saying, then go for it. But if it's not, who cares? Let it go. I have been in this situation before my kid and I have a friend who I saw gain quite a bit of weight. She always had a bigger frame, always, Mm -hmm. but she went from having a bigger frame and being pretty healthy to being very unhealthy and she had a new best friend aside from our friend circle who was also extremely heavy and she started hanging out more with that girl and sort of not doing some of the things that she had done before, which was like she started taking cabs everywhere instead of taking the subway or walking. She just Mm -hmm. was like, I'm going to take a cab every day because I'm tired or whatever. We would go out to dinner, like a nice dinner and we'd be ordering like seafood and she would get like a hot dog and her friend would like get a hot dog. And this is not the girl that we knew before. And it was sort of like this other friend was enabling her in like this big girls are beautiful way and she got very unhealthy. And so me and the other friend that was like in the three friend group had a conversation with her and was like, we're concerned about you. You hurt your knee. You've been having all these health things. Like maybe just start with physical therapy and then maybe taking like half as many cabs because in New York, a lot of that walking really helps you stay fit. You don't have to try too hard in certain areas. Like just start there. We want you to be able to like go out and do things. Like maybe hot dogs are not a good choice for anyone actually. Right. And she did not take it well. She stayed our friend though, but she did hang out with that other woman a lot more. Because you can't control how people are going to take what you say to them. But she did not ditch us. The relationship changed a little bit, but she still was a friend and it worked out okay. It actually worked out okay. And she did say that she needed to do physical therapy and do some things because she just wanted to be able to move in her body. So she heard some of it. I don't think she was able to take in all of it at the time, but she did take it in and it did go well. And I just want to be clear, like it goes both ways because I know doctors, people talk about doctors fat shame all the time, but also goes the other way. Like when I went into my doctor and I was like, I'm really concerned. He's like, your blood work is not good, but I wouldn't call you overweight. And I was like, well, if you actually do the math. Right. If you figure out my BMI. I'm concerned. Sometimes the doctor isn't wanting to like fat shame or something. And they actually should be saying to you, maybe you need to lose a little weight. (laughs) Maybe that would help. Dear listener, I feel for you. This is a tricky (laughs) conversation, but I think it's really important for you to state at the very least, you have to say, listen, I'm so happy you feel good about your body. I don't feel good about mine. I just don't feel good in my body at all. And so I need to do something about it. And I'm not fat shaming myself or fat shaming anyone else, but I don't feel good in this body. Yes. And I need a little love and acceptance from somebody who says that they're my friend because I'm not sitting here telling you what you should do. Right. Because you don't live your life in a healthy way, in my opinion. I agree with everything Carrie's saying, but I really think it comes down to, is this friend worth having that conversation with? And if it is, have it, but broach it in a small way. Do you want to do a walking club together? Because I could use it. Like, there's definitely ways to start to broach it that, like, aren't as finger-pointing. Guys, first of all, we love this shit. We want to give you opinions about things. Please write in if you have a (laughs) question. That's why we have a podcast. We just want to tell you our opinions on everything. And in fact, we might start a separate Patreon that part of it is us giving advice. So this is the kind of stuff we live for because we love the juicy stuff that's a little bit awkward and people don't want to talk about. We love this. Yeah. So you guys can email us any questions or any advice or or even, you know, your comments on what we've said or comments on anything else. You can email us at hello at momtrashpodcast.com. And to this particular listener who wrote in, thank you so much for trusting us with uh, such a very loaded question. You really put yourself out there. We're going to send you some swag and 
and uh, we love you and we wish you the best of luck in dealing with this and please write us back and let us know what ended up happening because we're emotionally invested. We are now. now in this with you. Yes. Guys, listeners, fight with us. Oh yeah, go for it. We can take it. I don't know if you know this, but I went viral last Oh week. my God, with this viral Ashley. <laughs> I did this for you, Carrie, because oh I knew you would make God. fun of me. Ashley's viral is the new Carrie's nose job. Oh. Yeah, it's so, it might even be worse than the nose job in all honesty. I think it's worse. But I've had a lot of people say some really hateful, horrible shit to me. So at this point, I can handle it. We're getting anything. used to it, guys. <laughs> Keep it coming. Multiple men told me they're going to call CPS because I'm pro-choice. Guys, you know what? We can take it. We can take it. We love you so hard that no matter what you say, it don't matter because we still love you. It don't matter. Just keep listening and we love you. We're whores. (laughs) Just keep listening. Rate, review, and subscribe. All right. Hashtag swag bag. My hashtag swag bag has been on so many editors' beauty lists, but it freaking works. It's the Revlon Volcano Stone. I got the mini version. You bought the roller thing that takes away the oil? Oh, how is it? Like, really good. I've seen videos of it at work, and it looks amazing. It immediately takes the shine away. Where was this my whole acting career when they just kept putting powder and powder and powder and powder, and you're a caked mess? This is going to be for summer. I mean, like, I'm going to leave my house but this is going to be really key. Here's my question. This is why I've not bought it because I've seen it and it's been very enticing. Remember oil yes. blotting sheets? Like that's something I don't have room for is blotting oil with I an oil blotting sheet. I still use those actually. But, but this is way less messy than an oil blotting sheet. Okay, but at what point do you have to replace it? Like what happens to the oil it sucks up? Is it just because it's like yeah, a volcanic rock? I think rock? it's like it absorbing like, like charcoal is. Huh, interesting. That's very fascinating. It was like, very into it. I don't know, $7.99, $14, something in that range under $20 let's say that yeah and I like the mini one for like so many reasons one's purse two I have a small face so the roller's smaller well off of that I was kind of struggling to find something but this is something that I use all the time and I've never talked about mighty patch from hero it's a, a pimple patch but I've tried a bunch of different pimple patches and this one in my opinion is a little pricier there's like you know the Cosrx or Corsix or whatever or patchology that, is another one I've never tried that one but I used to buy the cheaper one and this one is so good. It sucks out all the crud of any whitehead. I gotta tell you, if you get like any kind of like cold sore or anything, you put this on, that helps get rid of that also. Everything. Even cystic pimples, if you put it on at the right time, it'll help like suck it up and then you can like pop it. I know that's a terrible, terrible tip to pop it. You know, with cystic pimples, if you just leave it, then it's there forever. At least if you pop it, you can like flatten it down. This is not a doctor's advice, everyone. You should not do that. A dermatologist no. would tell no, you not to do that. No, they'll tell you not to do that. Hero makes them in a bunch of different sizes. They make like a Biore style nose strip, which... That's got to be a lot of pimples. I am kind of like curious. I think it's supposed to work for like blackheads or like they have like a chin one and a forehead one so that if you get like a big patch of stuff instead of using like one individual. But I just buy the regular standard circle ones from Amazon and they are the best. I always have them in my toiletries bag. Luna always when I have something because she's used to seeing those, she goes, is that a band-aid or a pimple patch? People patch? And there's also something so gratifying about when you take it off and all that yeah. schmutz is in there. Oh, I love it. I love that. I'm like, oh, I accomplished something today. <laughs> anyway, guys, I mean, what a roller coaster of emotions. Uh, this was an up and a down, just like this whole just week, like life. past week was. <laughs> that showbiz, baby. That's life, baby. You and I are in maximum fight or flight mode 
right now. Like the two of us, we can't even like think ahead. We can't even like think about the show. We are just like, we just need to survive and get through everything. I need to get my voice back. You need to survive everything. You know when you catch like a small animal, like a chipmunk or like a squirrel, you're in a face off and they're afraid to move and you're trying not to move and you got looking and they're trying to be still, but their eyes are like darting back and forth and their eyeballs are really big. That's like what we are right now. We're like two little scared chipmunks being like, what's going to do? I'm alive. Oh, don't move. Don't move. Oh, where are they going? I need to know where everything is. <laughs> also, how many times have you been in a stare off with a fucking squirrel? Um, I'm Gary? not even joking. <laughs> this week, I've been in a stare off with a squirrel, a morning dove, a deer that was missing a part of his leg. And <laughs> oh my God. <laughs> just this week. Oh <laughs> this is the part of the show where you and I just unravel. We just completely fucking fall apart. I was like fucking Cinderella when she goes out into the thing and she's like, ah, 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 or Snow White or whatever. She does. <laughs> I had to stare down with like so many different flora and fauna. That's all right. Now that we're in the backyard more often, Rhonda, our backyard cat, that's what I've named her, is always having a stare down with me. And I have to like get really close to her for her to move. I have to be like, get the fuck out of here, Rhonda. Get that out should of be here, the name Rhonda. of the episode. Get the fuck out of here, Rhonda. Anyway, guys. Oh my God. It's been wheel. See you later. <laughs> it's been weird. That's for sure. It's been weird. <laughs> you know, here's the one thing no one can ever say our show isn't, and that is authentically us. Like, if someone listens to this week's episode, is like, that was a horrible episode. You and I would both be like, I'm sorry. Found out my mother-in-law was dead while I was in the middle of doing the wipe. I haven't been able to talk for like four days. This is the best I've sounded in like almost a week. So, you know, when you're that level of sick where you can't laugh without having a hawking, coughing attack, that's where I'm at. So that was very painful, <laughs> that story for me, because it made me laugh and cough so I was like, hard. am I tripping balls? Did they oh. put something in my food? You're at the seven perfect strangers or nine perfect strangers <laughs> resort. They're just slowly I microdosing you. I wish I was just at you. the perfect strangers resort with the battle of dock almost. <laughs> <laughs> oh, cousin Balky. Anyway, that's a good place to leave our show. Bye, guys. <laughs> okay, that's our show today, folks. Thank you so much for giving us a listen. Please do not forget to rate, review, and subscribe or follow. We are out here on our own and these things really, really matter. We want to hear from you. Tell us what you want to hear. Email us at hello at momtouragepodcast.com. Follow us on Instagram, Facebook, and TikTok, all at Momtourage Podcast to hang out with us all week long. We are here for you. You are not alone. We got you. So go ahead, girl. Know this posse is behind you and go slay. Momtourage is a Cafe Mom podcast, written and produced by Ashley Heron-Smith and Carrie Sotero, recorded and mixed by Lee Mars. Our theme song, MILF, is by the band Mama Drama. You can find them on Instagram at mamadramaband or mamadramaband.com. 